Um, I mean, it's directional, so I don't know. I think I think I'm good, like five feet. Okay, cool. Probably. Um, I do like an audio processing uh, pass that kind of brings everything up to the same level. Yeah. Make sure you get the five like five trucks in. Yeah. Is that a fire truck? Might be an ambulance. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. It's honking. Ambulance has done honk. Is that? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I haven't seen a. Yeah, because I guess fire trucks aren't as nimble. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, it's weird when you get like added in a tweet by somebody with like a lot of followers. What? Just because like. Because of the fire trucks and they're honking. No, no. Because I took a photo of somebody. I took oh. a photo of Trudy. Yeah. And she has like sixty thousand. What? Okay. Twitter followers or something. I mean, when you're an artist, it. I mean, Trudy's great, but when you make like visual art and post it a lot I think that really helps on yeah. visual social medias yeah exactly um, yeah so it's just weird it's like there's an immediate panic of something has gone terribly wrong oh no when you see the notifications but it's all good yeah. apparently Bob's Donuts got a recommendation oh good um, I've really seen a lot of donut places in San Francisco yeah no neither have I yeah there's a lot of like boutique candy stores yeah there's like and bad coffee yeah it's a weird... It yeah. feels coffee. You feel like there'd be a lot more donuts. Like, you, you, you think the boutique... Like, because we got, like... Oh, boutique donuts. Like, in Vancouver, like, we got fancy donuts. Yeah, so do we. Way more than, like... Like, yeah. we got them everywhere, and a lot of the coffee shops sell the fancy donuts. Did you get those... Free, did you get the milkshakes with the donuts on top of them? No, we haven't done Oh, that. you missed out. Is that, like, it's, like, a rim? Because we have, like, roll up the rim to win, which is, like, a Canadian thing no, brought to you by it, Tim it's like a. It's part of the, like, boutique donut trend. So, like, you get the milkshake, which is already, like, in, in it's... Okay, specifically milkshake in a mason jar. Just just to check, that's, like, an ice cream drink? Yes, ice cream I, and milk. Because I can see milkshake being one of those, like, if you're in North America, the UK, or Australia, it can mean drastically different things. That's true, yeah. You can think of it means, like, calpis. Because like, your iced coffee is different. Oh, uh, it depends what you order. If you order an iced latte, it's, like, milk and coffee. Oh, nice. And yeah. if you order an iced coffee, you get... Ice cream and cream sometimes, depending on where you go. But tell me more about this. Okay, so I'll tell you. You know the word freak shakes? They're like no. okay, so that's that was a, that was like a 2015, 16 trend, but it didn't die out. Yeah, or across the <clears throat> either pond. Yeah, so it uh, it's basically just milkshakes in a mason jar with donuts on top, or like like cream and shit, and they just put like a big swirly straw in it, and it's like verbose and designed for Instagram it doesn't very taste very good also oh. they usually I cost mean, about $15 though to be fair milkshakes I think are always too big that's true like for me it's like a milkshake can be a meal substitute yeah cause it's like you're drinking you're getting like good like, 700 like, mils yeah for sure of ice cream basically with a little bit of and milk and in this case plus the uh, donut plus the donut yeah these are like desserts to share yeah but it, yeah the dessert for Instagram is an interesting yeah I mean I don't I don't really post permanent things of food. Yeah. I take photos of food when I'm traveling to remember it because it's like, I'd be like, look. But you don't post them publicly. Look at all these Sunday roasts I had, Dad. Yeah. Like, your your Yorkshire puddings are better than anything I had in the UK, and I was trying really hard. I was doubling up. Yeah. Two Sunday roasts a day. You couldn't get better Yorkshire puddings. Than my dad. Yeah. Huh. Which is, is crazy. He, is he local? Or is it like he's, well, he's local to me. Yeah. But no, I mean, is he uh, originally from where? No. He just, like, my grandfather, on the, the English side of my grandfather he made them he was a baker yeah he made them and then when he died 
we didn't have your extra puddings for a while. And okay. I was like, try those again? Yeah. And so and my dad's been making an effort of and doing it more. And he's very good at Yorkshire pudding. Yeah, yeah. What do you have them with? Like, like with, a, with like a roast meat and gravy. And yeah. Okay. I, I'm not a big fan of like the Yorkshire puddings like already drenched in gravy. And oh. stuffed Yorkshire puddings are kind of terrible. Have you had them with stew? Like where they I like could leave them in the stew for a little while and they I, suck I, up all the I, juice. Let me let me dip. Okay, that's kind of how I feel. Like right. don't don't predispose how much how I want it. Like <laughs> I mean, they already dipped in enough lard anyway. So yeah, they're like eggy, buttery goodness, like deep fried in lard. So I don't see like let me decide how much gravy it is. <laughs> let me decide how many I'm gonna have. Yeah, uh, it was actually at a. There's this really cool um, pop up kind of flea market in like East Vancouver. Yeah. Um, I think it's called like the East Vancouver Flea Market. It's super like hipster. Like I think it was originally like a proper flea market. Now it's just like people selling cactuses or people who sell like nothing but pins that have animals on them. Or but but there was like a Yorkshire pudding yeah. lady by donation. Oh okay. Yeah, it was like pay what you want for these wow. Yorkshire puddings, but they were sweet. What? So they were like okay. they were like rolled in cinnamon sugar. Yeah. Or like, cho- like like chocolate sprinkles. And people would pay like what fifty cents for them? No. I mean, like two dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I think I paid three. Like okay. I think I paid like it was a muffin in a coffee shop. But the thing is, it wasn't fresh because you had to bulk. Okay. Do them, and I think Yorkshire puddings have a shelf life. So you should ask your dad to make sweet ones now and save you yeah. guys better as well. Yeah. Um, but don't post food to Instagram personally. If you follow me <laughs> on Instagram, I post. I didn't even have an Instagram to I'm, post to. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm posting images to Twitter. I got jokes. Yeah. Let me. I see funny things. Yeah. I might as well post them to both. Yeah. And Instagram actually performs a lot better than Twitter. Yeah. I need to figure out a way to get this podcast on Instagram. Instagram. But Instagram is... I can put two those likes. Yeah, because Instagram doesn't really want you to leave it. Yeah. So it's kind of difficult. Like, I, I wouldn't mind doing, like, a... They don't have link outs, right? No. Yeah. Link in my bio yeah. is what I can do, but I think I only get one link. Oh, wow. So it's, like, <laughs> it's kind of aggressive, like, using that on a podcast. Um but uh, I post sometimes food of stuff I cook. Okay. But I only post as a story, so I so go. So why do you personally not want me to post food on Instagram? Oh no, you can. Oh, okay. You can do whatever you want to do. Okay. I just don't want to do it. Oh okay. Um, I don't really want to see it personally. So you don't want to post it either. So when you eat food, yeah. How do you feel if you have to stop so people can take photos? Um, offended. No, I just don't do it. Yeah. It's, we, me and my partner would go for brunch and we are testing to see how effective it is to take photos and then post them on Instagram and then on her account. And she's like getting more f- like likes on her consistent, like cute breakfast photos of food that she is on her like personal brunch or just her personal Instagram account. Yeah. And it's like the ironic thing is the worst thing she ever ate had got the most likes. <laughs> it was like this, like it was uh, like waffles with, all this shit on it and like um, do you know those like eyelet droppers that are like long thin tubes with a spongy plastic at the end uh, you, yeah, yeah no yeah. I know of them so it was that never seen with like them. syrup uh, stuck oh. into the waffles it was all very like ornate and yeah. it had like uh, popping candy on it and things oh, okay. it was disgusting yeah. uh, but it got like the most likes yeah so it's... that's how I feel about it basically mm. I mean it's weird it's weird because like for me I mean, maybe it's a generational thing, but, like, I, I don't really want to market for you, <laughs> like, without you paying me. Yeah. Like, if you're a restaurant, you want to invite me in. Yeah. You're listening to this right now. You want me to invite me in. I'll post whatever you give me. Why don't we just go for dinner? To Instagram. What's that place called? I don't, know. I don't even remember. It was, like, Garage, but with a J. 
Oh. A bad name. Yeah. It was bad signage, but I almost know. Well, yeah, I guess I'm going to post this afterwards. So yeah, so like no one will know it. No one will know it. Next year, it'll be full of people wearing Question Bus merch. Yeah. And then we sure. never go again. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's a weird. I don't know. I look at social medias as, like, di- different things for different social medias. Yeah. And, like, I, I just don't. The brand of me, I'm out here eating these elaborate meals. Yeah, for a while we didn't even post um, food. Not food. We didn't post um, alcohol on our company accounts mm. because we were like, we want to make sure everyone knows how poor we are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Because like, then I see people who are like struggling cool indies and they're posting photos of them out at parties and stuff. I'm like, I know that those are being comped because I know how indie parties are and I know, like, uh, right? I know that yeah. they're at a party that's like yeah. Sony and it's all free. Yeah. But not everyone knows that. Maybe they think they're better off. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird thing. Yeah, I've noticed. I'm definitely monitoring it more now of what people are posting. Yeah, and kind of how I feel about it. Not necessarily judging them, but just like would I post that? Like yeah. if I. The problem is I don't want to say anything. Well, like right now, I can't post a lot about where I am, physically in the world, because I'm trying. Like I posted that I'm a GDC, yeah. but I'm trying to avoid talking about specific places or parties or anything or like where I'm staying. Yeah because of what I recently just launched, right? Oh, so, yeah. And that was a recommendation from our agent, but also something we were just kind of cognizant of, that, like, okay, now while we're marketing this game, mm-hmm. maybe we shouldn't be super promoting, like, super high-profile about where we are in the world. Yeah. I mean, I, normally, yeah. I would be, like, on Twitter, hey, everyone, I'm at the Marriott, like, let's go get a coffee or, like, a beer <laughs> during the last GDC, right? Yeah. Uh, and now I'm just, like, I'm in San Francisco. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I, do, I normally don't like to post where I'm going. Yeah. Like, even when I go on trips, it's like I save them all for afterwards and then post them for weeks. And yeah. it confuses everybody because I assume I'm still in fucking Brighton. Yeah. Like, I was in Brighton for three months. Like, is that... They believe it. <laughs> Maybe. It's a great city. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and develops a great conference. Oh, you went to develop? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't really like posting exactly where I am in general. The GDC, I feel like there's a little bit of a social pressure for me to like. Yeah, because like wanna... I need to put GDC on my title and I need to tweet. So you also did that. Yeah. So so people so people I forgot about or can people remind you can remind you. Oh hey, I'm here. We yeah. should hang out. Oh yes, we should. And it's never been like oh I don't want to hang out with you. Yeah. It's normally I do. It's just like I don't. It's good to like be visible. It's like oh are they at GDC? I can go to their Twitter and see oh they are. Yeah. So well, we get like a certain you get to a point where you know enough people that you like hanging out with. That you don't have enough time at GDC to see them, and you will forget about certain people because you and like for you and me, right? We're not yeah. from the states, and it's like the only time we hang out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we need to like make sure that we hang out, and then there's all the other people that you know who are from the states or from the rest of the world. Yeah, and you only hang out with them when you're here because like it's why I avoided the Australian parties or the Australian like yeah. hangouts. <laughs> I'm not full. Like Kevin Regami is like full. He just wants to talk to people. Yeah. Does he try to see new everyone? He tries to he he tries to meet new people. Like he's like the extreme, right? And like That's so hard though. Jeff is the opposite. Yeah. Jeff's only really going to talk to people he's already knows. Yeah. Already knows well. Yeah. Like he Where, might talk to me. I'm in the middle. I'm like eighty percent Kevin. Uh huh. Like twenty percent Jeff, and that I want to I want to meet new people. I don't want to go to new things. Yeah. Um, I feel like during the day when I'm sober, I much prefer to just talk to people I know and like catch up and try to figure out like what's going on in their business mm. and then at night I'll go to parties and I'll have a few drinks and that's when it's worth meeting new people yeah but this I'm so sick this GDC I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle it either yeah <laughs> I did 
The health tips are funny. <laughs> like the, yeah, the, well, the GDC tips in general I find pretty funny. What's the worst tip you've seen? Because. <sighs> the problem is, like, they're all good tips. There's no tips I wouldn't. You wouldn't write. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say don't do that. Yeah, the tips are all good. It's just. It's just like it's a. It's a. I think the critiquing the tips, as as much as like I find some of the tips funny. Yeah. Critiquing the tips, I find even weirder. <laughs> like that's actually the worst tip is the like don't listen to tips. Yeah. No, you should always take advice. Because because you should always take advice. You don't ever have to use it. But you, I I'm a believer that you should always listen to advice. Yeah. Because. Even if it's bad advice, it's good to hear. Yeah. Like somebody gives you the worst advice possible, you're gonna remember that and not do it. <laughs> yeah, is kind of how I feel. So I think that was the thing where I saw people that are like, "Oh, don't like, don't take these tips too seriously because you're not them, and oh, everybody's different, yeah. and everybody has their own set." Which is true. Yeah. Which is why, like, um, yeah, it's 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 weird. Because also, like the, as we were talking earlier, the tips we would actually want would ruin the tip. Yeah, for like sure. where the where the g- good coffee shop is. Yeah, or where's the coffee shop that's okay, but dead, that dead nobody goes. Yeah, that nobody that's goes. More important, to, right? Quality. Like, like where's the breakfast spot? That's I still don't know a breakfast spot down in the market or down in the summer. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Super Duper Burger for breakfast. Coffee and donuts. It's not the best breakfast, but it's like. Not a lot of money. Okay. And you get coffee. And donuts. And the line's not too big because people aren't thinking about it. Yeah. And there's and it's right around the convention center. That's true, yeah. Um, I mean, there's places that are good, but it's either out of the way or... So is this your GDC tip then? <laughs> yeah, yeah, GDC tip, best do- dollar for donuts. Yeah. Super duper burger, coffee and donuts. I think it was like $5, which in San Francisco is like no money, basically. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, those would be tips like... Oh, here's my here's my GDC tip, yeah. which might get me in trouble, um, but GDC hotels are a great way to save money on hotels. Oh, yeah, okay. But they charge you the same rate per day if you book like a whole week. Because like I'm here Saturday to Saturday, I think you're here Saturday to Saturday. Yeah. So so it was actually cheaper to book part of them through the GDC hotel thing and then go just book them by myself on the either end. Yeah. So that would be it. That's, that's my GDC tip. Yeah. Because you assume because of the savings you normally get that the, the GDC hotels is the cheapest way. Yeah. And to clarify, you talk, you're saying like you're, you're changing booking tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Because then we come here and then we just say, hey, we don't want to move rooms. Yeah. And then they work it out. It's still awkward. We're going to have to switch keys or whatever. Yeah. But... It's it's we don't have to move, yeah. And we effectively have three bookings, yeah. Um, so that would be my that would be my GDC tip. It's good advice, I guess. Do you have like oh, a GDC I, tip? Oh god, not really. Honey, honey's real nice, but it's so busy. Yeah. It's not even worth it anymore. Oh, it's busy. It's always busy. Oh, it's fucking packed. This it's a great nice. breakfast place. Yeah, is that's one of the only good breakfast places. And I've it's had. like somewhat in the. I think if you're it's staying like, near like the indie <laughs> hostel area, yeah, it's like tenderloin cool. adjacent. Yeah. I always stay. I used to stay there all the time. Yeah, because I I definitely stayed ten to one adjacent, which is also yeah. not that bad. No. But I got used to it, I guess. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, I think I think in general, like the further you stay away from the convention center, the more the less busy it is in the morning. Yeah. So like, it sucks after convention going back if you're doing that before going yeah. to a party. 
which is common you want to drop off your backpack or whatever. If you're actually if you're doing the convention, yeah. If you're doing the convention, then networking party or something like if you're doing that mix, because yeah. you're like mostly just in hotel rooms. I think I'll be at the Marriott. Yeah, probably the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I think I've got most of my meetings here because I don't want to move. Mm. And then some people have like some companies like Oculus have booked hotel rooms mm-hmm. that you go to. It's really weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. I helped yeah. you carry a computer there. Oh yeah, last time. Yeah, and I was like, this is pretty nice. Yeah, it's like an apartment. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess another GDC tip because I've been following like I'm I'm part of the like fellowship at GDC. Facebook group, yeah, which has a lot of people in it, but a lot of people that post are like never gone, yeah, and they're like, "What's the dress code for this party?" <laughs> like, they're asking questions like that, which, yeah. which it's like, it's like if you've been to game development parties, you know, there is no dress code. Yeah, there is no dress code, and really, like, you'd be hard pressed to overdress. Yeah, like there are people who are constantly suited and booted and yeah, nice dresses and and full hair, make like or whatever, but they're never like shunned. Yeah, out of a out of a party yeah, um, but my advice would be I would suggest like the first GDC you go to is like an informational thing of getting used to the city yeah, and like meeting sure. people because the other thing too is there's a lot of people booking Airbnbs getting cancelled yeah well there's people oh yeah that happened to Winston yeah well, we, but um, Winston knows people yeah for sure so he can like but, you know. if you were like oh my hotel has been like my Airbnb got canceled, I'm homeless. Yeah. You'd be able to find somebody that could sleep. You could sleep on somebody's floor. Yeah. But if you're some random, not random, but new to the industry or new to GDC, you don't know anybody. So it's like, yeah. Like don't try and like like play it somewhat safe on the first time. Yeah. Yeah. What like hotel. Oh, the first. Stuff. Did you meet me the first GDC that I was there? Probably not. I don't know. This yeah. is only my like fourth GDC. God, what year is this? 2018. I think the first time was twenty fifteen, mm-hmm. um, and that was so it's only been four, um, and that was the first time I went and I had to run a booth the whole time. Yeah. I had to run like the Xbox lobby booth. Mm-hmm. We walked past that before. We saw those little stands going up, um, and that was fucking awful. But I didn't really do any work the whole time, yeah. so I was able to just like get a lay of the land. Yeah, and now it's easier. Then again, all this GDC advice is terrible anyway. So, well, I think it's I think it's a good I think it's a good trend. Like, yeah. the, hey, here's some advice. Is a better trend. The than... question is: Is your advice better, or does mine just get more likes on Twitter? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the, there is that bit of social media where it's like, this is for the likes, not the, not for the actual advice. Not for the actual advice. Yeah, there are like blogs that have been up for years that are still really good. To look at like Mike Bithor wrote one ages ago. That was the first one I wrote. Mm. Sorry, read, and that was still true to this day. Yeah, um, yeah, it's really strange. Yeah, it's. A, I think it's. A, I think it's an interesting. <coughs> like I find those like event based social media things kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good. Um, I think it's a good. I think it's a good thing, and I think it's fine. People make fun of it. <laughs> like I'm fine with yours. Like yours is, yours is funny. Yeah. I didn't even do one because I, I don't know. Well, now I feel like I've just like gone full circle though, because I like made fun of it and now I just gave it advice. So I guess well, yeah, I have to I'm... make fun of it again, or I don't. I don't really know how I can escape this loop. Yeah. Well, yeah. What do we do next year? Should I schedule my GDC advice? Yeah. For next that's it. year. Yeah, you have to talk about how you schedule your GDC advice to make sure that you're the first person to tweet about the advice thread. 
Right? <laughs> oh, so that's the funny troll. So yeah. like, genuine advice in August. Yeah. And you need to make sure that you're the only person getting notif- not like the only person who's getting likes. Yeah. Because you're the first person to do it. But the thing is, people see it and just do their own. Oh, but you'll be first. You have to you have to up yourself every year. But I won't. I'll be, yeah, but it's oh, so I have to do hashtag like, so like this GDC advice twenty nineteen. Yeah, like this next year you could probably get away with doing it as late as like January, right? Or April. Yeah. Or real early. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's that's that's, that's bad, too though. close. Yeah, it's too it's too close yeah. because then people will figure out what you're doing. Yeah. But the thing is, if you wait till like January, which is later than most people, and then you push it back by a few weeks every year, you'll always stay ahead of the curve. I think it's good too because it's like a level <laughs> of. Also, you need to book flights and stuff about that point. Well, most people book. Oh, I book my flights seven months in advance. Yeah, I keep booking them for like year, like tax purposes. Yeah, and then it's like June's going, coming up. Yeah, and then I'm like, like I wanted to go to Train Jam. Yeah. Oh, and you want to go like, Train Jam? But I'm like already booked the flight. Yeah. So I jam a lot. Why did you want to go to Train Jam? I think it'd be. I, I mean, I wouldn't like mind riding the train, seeing seeing America's yeah, I can, I can interesting like geography, because yeah. most of America I see is just like the West Vancouver light. Yeah, <laughs> like Seattle, Portland. Yeah, here it's similar. Sands mountains or yeah. Sands ocean in LA. Like we're far away from the ocean and stuff like that. So, whereas in like Texas, it felt like Texas was great. It felt like but a completely. Did, you, did like, you do Texas this year? No. Oh. No, Paxa. Yeah, Paxa is a great convention to go to. Right, that was the, f- um, the Paxa I went to as well. Yeah, debut the question. Yeah, was. yeah. Fuck. Um, yeah, but I I wouldn't mind doing, it. and also like I wouldn't mind trying to do it in in that. Like that's a profile enough. It seems like a social thing. It seems like I know enough people going. Yeah, that it's not like me and a bunch of university students, which is fine. They will be. I do want to do a global game job. The issue Are is you is that global yet? No, because I I. I don't get the notification. It's like either I don't know about it, it's coming, yeah. or I don't want to do it that weekend. There's right. some weekends I would like doing it, but it's it, always the same weekend. But on the route to GDC, if it's like, okay, you're going to go to Chicago, you're going to go to the Bit Bash, yeah. you're going to get on a train, you're going to be on a train for three days, yeah. then it's like, okay, like this is part of the schedule I'm prepared for. And honestly, I would be like, Unless you have like a big deadline coming up to GDC, it's like which we we I'm not going to be doing any coding this week, so yeah. I would have the mental capacity to doing it. That's true, yeah. Um, and I and I wouldn't mind trying to make like like a really small thing. Yeah, have you jammed at all? No. Oh, okay. So we had like. Well, I also want to do like a jam studio. I kind of want to do it solo. Oh. Like I just want to make my own thing. Yeah. And just, just stick to myself. Yeah. And then. I don't know. I think it might be fun to do. I definitely try global as well, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, the global they do at our big university. It's like a good like three hundred, four hundred people or yeah, something go to it. Like, one. it's a. But it's just something about the week it was. It's like, oh, I didn't want to do that. It's always January twenty fifth. <sighs> yeah, I was on the country. Yeah, it's or Australia Day, <laughs> or uh, Genocide Day, whatever we're going to call it now. <laughs> no, it's like a, it's one of those you know patriotic holidays that really shouldn't be patriotic. Isn't that most patriotic holidays? Yeah. Australia, yeah, Australia. What's America's main like, one? Like Independence, uh, Day? Independence Day? That one's Independence from the British, though. Yeah, but you carry over everything. That, yeah. I don't know. I saw that in Canada, too. Like, on Canada Day, it's yeah. like people are like... We're at the point where the yeah. date is either going to get changed or the name is going to get changed. Mm. So. Yeah. 
Um, so so did did America Dream start as a game jam? Uh, no. no. Okay. Other projects we worked on have been. Um, I think like we jammed. I say jammed. Like over like two weeks, we made the first prototype for American Dream, but that's not really a game jam. Uh, and then we brought that to GDC mm. as a like to show people on a, on my phone. <coughs> I don't know. That might have been last year, or the year before that. I can't actually remember when I started working on it. It's only been out. We've only been working on it for under two years. Mm. Um, it's somewhere between like a year and a half and two years. And, and it just came out. It just and it just came out uh, on Thursday or Wednesday, depending on which part of the world you're in. What a uh, why release before GDC? Um, this is pretty logical. Well, I mean, let's exclude the quality of the game, the stability of the game from this. Uh, yeah, assuming argument. you don't need to release it for the money. Yeah, so we don't come. don't need to make release it for the money. We don't need to release it for the because that's the, stressful. Because when the you're game's like, like done and ready to go, yeah, it's because I had to go to GDC. Winston was going to GDC and then going to PAX East, so development would just come to a standstill anyway for the next like week and a half. No, sorry, week to three weeks. So we were like, let's. Because when I get back, we're just going to do patches. Because my tech people are still there. So it was just like, it made sense. And it meant that when we were coming to GC now, and we'll see how well this goes, I've got another release game under my belt. Now, whether or not that changes the conversation much with people, I don't know. Mm. But it's... I found, like, going to GDC before releasing screen sheet and going to GDC after releasing screen sheet, the conversations I have with people are really different. And I'm talking, like, publishers and stuff. Um, the level of respect you get from them you don't even have to like be pitching anything you just sit down and have a conversation and they'll treat you like a human yeah uh, I mean that makes sense I mean like even with like when you're trying to work in studios it's like yeah you're not you're still you're gonna have a hard time unless you ship that first game yeah so now that we've we've shipped two games two big games and we've shipped four games total so it puts us in a better position and the game's pretty well known at this point mm. so it helps us a lot with negotiations and stuff yeah. yeah, I mean that's so, that's a. I so never... it's, it's less to do with like the game itself, mm-hmm. and more to do with like the the, the structure of what's going on. Around yeah, it, you know, like... and the the date itself was, was meant to be the thirteenth, but it came out on the fourteenth because it had missed cert by a day. Mm. And uh, and you did simul ship on everything. Yeah, so we sim shipped. Well, we didn't do Xbox. We oh, did do well. VR. It's yeah, a VR game. PlayStation Vive and Oculus all at the same time. Uh, Oculus and Vive were pretty much the same. You know, once yeah. we had that stuff integrated, it's really the same platform. But uh, PlayStation was a real kick in the nuts. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. Have you talked to the Northways or Andy? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, Galen, uh, somebody that managed their like PlayStation part, they hired yeah. this guy named Galen, who's a great Uber dev. And, fucking nightmare. Yeah, and he was talking about he was talking about the the troubles of trying to get. A Unity game, mm-hmm. uh, or even just any game, right on PlayStation VR. Like, yeah. like it wasn't easy. No, and we had like we had additional complications because our audio team wrote their own like audio manager master thing. Yeah, um, which ran really f- was like meant to be faster than F mod, and might end up being faster than F mod. But they wrote all of that, and it was untested. So we were like the t- experimental project mm. for it. So <coughs> you know, we had hurdles there, and then. Just what did that what did that end up like achieving for the achieving game? yeah um you probably have to ask Gord actually it's like <laughs> yeah. from our perspective like the game sounds good yeah um you know it was easy for us to implement sounds it was easy for them to implement sounds as far as I can tell yeah uh I don't know if it actually did everything they wanted to do I know they rolled it into Splitter Critters and for reference I'm talking about a Shell in the Pit audio yeah great Vancouver yeah based audio yeah 
Um, they did fantastic contraption as well. They might. I don't think they put it in Night in the Woods, but it might be in Mako's Night Market. Mm. So it's like an internal tool they're going to constantly keep rolling forward. But I'm not sure what benefits they got from it. Um, for us, it didn't really matter. Like we didn't have to buy any audio solutions. Yeah, you know. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've, I talked to the programmer, the kind of main programmer behind it, and it's like... Chris Damick. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a real crazy... Because I feel like the the having the programmer there as part of the audio solution yeah. is kind of a yeah, we nice... Were, we were buying, like, we were buying Muna and Chris. Yeah, like, it's a nice... It's like a nice ad, especially because with the indie teams, it's like you might not... Like in Darkest Dungeon, it, it all just felt like all the audio just stuff just kind of fell on me, and yeah. just like I just do it whenever I had time, and it was fine. But it was like, <coughs> that's time I'm not doing other things. Yeah, and not to say it's not valuable, but it's nice to have somebody that's like knowledgeable about the system that they're yeah. kind of selling you. Yeah, for sure. Like most services you get don't come with that level of. They don't come with an engineer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're kind of like, oh, here's your analytics system. Good luck. Just send it to JSON. Yeah, right. Like they're not like. Yeah, there's not, like, somebody there that's like, okay, I'll hook it up into your game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's... that's uh, It's cool. It'd also be cool to see... Like, I'd be curious to see what what was shared. Like, yeah. that's actually, like, kind of a talk I would like to see. Is Between like, the different that, Shell and the Pit projects? Yeah. Yeah. Like, with this thing, because it's kind of a... Uh, it's, it's kind of probably good to be one of the first ones. Yeah. Just because, like, the... Yours will be stable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's out. Yeah. Right? It's like the, the future ones are the ones where it's like get, getting shit. everything in sync is gonna be Yeah. Is gonna be tricky. Um Yeah, I think for us they had to do a lot of work to make sure this, the the physics sounds like attenuated correctly. Because mm. they were like they would like if you shot something it would have variable volume and stuff based on the velocities of the bullets hitting it and the angle it hits it at. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's stuff like that. Yeah. Um little details that no one cares about but everyone cares about. Yeah. Um, like it's something that like Somebody who's super passionate about that will tell... Yeah, straight away. Will show show people that or tell people about that that will, like, be a level of enthusiasm you're not going to get from, like, most of your fans. Yeah, probably. Um, and what what's the game again? So the American Dream... Uh, oh, we haven't talked about it on American about Dream VR. The American we talked Dream. to Winston Tang. Okay. A little bit about Winston it. Winston Tang. Winston. Yeah. And uh, it's a virtual reality game where you do everything with guns. Mm. And it's set in 1950s America. Uh, we, <coughs> it's like it ended. It rounded out with being like about 20 levels of content. Um, it's about four hours long in the end, and it's like really narrative heavy. Experience. Is that like long for a VR game? It's long for like a boot, a bespoke VR game. You almost said boutique. Almost. <laughs> so close. So close. Um, yeah, because like there are there are ports of games that are in VR that are longer than that, but there aren't many. <clears throat> like yeah bespoke like made for VR made, things yeah, exactly yeah and so it's it's in a longer end and it's also it's not just like a lot of like here's the gun shoot challenge one here's gun shoot challenge two mm-hmm. like it's all based around the the story of using guns for every life and how we sort of teach you different stages of life and... I, I the thing that was very interesting to me is that guns are like two let's say people like the Northways. Yeah. They, they're pumped about VR. Yeah. Um, and 
But then they see, like, just a shooting range. Yeah. And it rises on steam, and then they're like, ugh. Like, they're just, like, not enthusiastic about that. And I thought it was interesting how you guys made a narrative, I think ultimately a narrative experience around... Guns. Guns. And for me, it was, like, one of the first gun games I played. Yeah. And I was like, hey, these guns of VR feel pretty good. Yeah. And, like... I, was that always kind of the, the, like was that angle kind of the intention? Of the like, fact that we kind of like hit both niches. Or, yeah, or, but like, yeah, like is it the gun <coughs> game for people who hate gun games? Like, no, I think it's actually like a point and click adventure. Um, is the closest analogy. Um, but it has really good guns. Right? Yeah, like you right? got the whole John Wick. We we kind of mix between levels tend to mix between being like sort of more what you've played in the demos which is like levels that have like a core mechanic within the level they're like this is the game loop you play that loop and there's some narrative that goes on through it and you have a lot of intro and outro stuff and then levels that are more like telling a story within the space um and yeah it was never really intentional that we would like make this thing a shooter to appeal to the VR audience because at the time I don't think VR had even officially I think Vive was out Mm. Oculus was coming and PSVR was still like half a year off. So, but when we started making the game, so we didn't really know what the market looked like. We didn't know what the price of things were. We didn't know what was selling well. All we knew that was, we knew Tilt Brush was going to be big. That was very good. Yeah, right. But we didn't know that like what was going to be really dominant on the market. Isn't that influence <coughs> like like how? No, it didn't Go- at all. No. Yeah. Yeah, we barely like we didn't really like get into the scene at all. We like. We didn't go to any of these big VR networking events or anything. Um, we didn't go to VRDC, and we didn't like do a lot of. We didn't play a bunch of VR games, mm. other than to be like, "Oh, how do people deal with subtitles? How do people deal with UI, uh, UI, and things? Movement, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, like clever solutions for mo- mo- locomotion and stuff." Um, because we just didn't really feel like part of that space, I guess. Yeah, Weird. like we still felt like we were just standard game developers, whereas like. If I... You don't know many VR game developers because they kind of exist in their own world. Yeah, Which well, I, I mean, I, I know the Northways. Yeah, who, who but you I? knew them before then as well, and yeah. in Vancouver, so... Guess, yeah. Like, I've met a bunch of VR developers in Melbourne, mm-hmm. um, but then they, like, they're not part of, like, the arcade. Like, not the arcade, it's, like, the defining factor for being an indie game developer. But they, like, they see themselves more aligned with the tech industry, mm. which is really weird. Like, they're, they're building apps... Yeah, like, so is there a VR app you've used that an actual yeah medium is a painting it's a sculpting app I've used that a lot did you do any of the asset generation no we ended up doing all of it just traditionally Um, but I do know an artist who does all their asset generation in in cubes I think it is oh and they use that yeah it's just another one of these molding sculpting tools in VR is um like is is VR something you guys want to kind of keep working on or is this I think it's really it's weird because it's like it's a really cool space there's really interesting design you can do in it right and um it's really fun to experiment with scale and uh perspective and a feeling of otherness in the games but there's like no one buying games Mm. like we were like the top seller for a day we didn't sell that well. We, yeah. went, we went number one, but we were like 
in the front page where it was on Steam, <clears throat> being on the top sellers for a day, that means something still. Yeah. You know, but being VR top sellers does not mean anything. Mm. So it's it's not sustainable. Um, unless, you know, maybe I've been told the tails are very good though. So maybe we're going to tail out and just keep on trickling in cash. Yeah, because I, I imagine there's VR, like VR players that run out of stuff. Yeah. And they're like, I need to play something new. Yeah. And every Friday I... I go and find the next... I go and thing. find a new thing and play it. Yeah. And also there's like kind of a higher premium yeah. for VR games. Oh, the American Dream is only $20. That's a bargain on VR. Yeah. It is. Yeah, most games are like $40, right? Yeah. For some reason everything's really expensive. Yeah. It's, um... So would you... Was making a VR game, like, did you guys come up with a bunch of other VR games you... No, no, we came up with the American Dream... And we had to prototype it in VR because it didn't make any sense on elsewhere. Mm. Like we were try- <coughs> because of the novelty. No, because of the like connection with the guns. Mm. Because we wanted to make a game about you physically interacting with the world with guns, and because they like the discussion with them, like we we want the player to feel like they have only one way of one mode of action. Like the verb is shoot, or like thwack because the guns are physicalized mm. you know and they, I want them to feel like you know that like have you seen babies with like knives strapped to their hands like, no and I hope I never do <laughs> I hope I never walk into a Another hospital and but see that's basically the image I'm trying to like make yeah. you feel like I want you to feel like empowered and helpless mm. uh, at the same time and uh, you can't do that in regular platforms because you one you have a sense of separation from the yeah. screen but also like you just can't have that like one-to-one interaction you like because VR gives you a lot of control but in our game we give you so much control that it doesn't do a whole lot mm. that makes any sense yeah like emotionally you're like oh I have this gun but it can't actually like do anything useful because like shooting guns is difficult yeah it's difficult and they break things and they <coughs> basically all they can do is break things yeah like people yeah when what was it like pitching this to like publishers just people uh it was pretty easy because what but we got the the pitch really early which was like it's a virtual reality game about living your life with guns so mm-hmm. we'd already established that it was going to be like initially it was a lot more job simmy where it was gonna be like bespoke environments with like lots of content in the small environment mm-hmm. and then it went more in the line of this narrative which was like bespoke environments but like shorter sessions of content and switching between them um, and yeah, we always just pitched it as like that episode of The Simpsons where Homer has a gun, or <laughs> what happens when the guy from Call of Duty comes home, you know, and tries to make an egg, mm. you know, because all he does is shoot all day. So clearly, when he's at home, he must shoot all day. Um, but like that, that resonated pretty well with people. Yeah, is pitching like because it, it is funny. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, is pitching humor like difficult? No, I think... And maybe it's just because it comes from Australians. Oh, sorry, serious humor. Because your game is serious. It's dark humor, yeah. Yeah, your game's dark humor. It's not like... Yeah. Like, I like sausage sports. Yeah. But that game immediately is funny. Yeah. So like you look at it and you're like... I think that the, the seriousness of the humor is the heart of it. Mm. So, like, pitching it as a funny game, isn't it funny that you get to use guns for every life? Like, there's a GIF we use on our Steam page now where you, it's like cracking a beer with a can with a gun, right? Mm-hmm. That's really easy to communicate. Yeah, it's the like implications of the gameplay 
Like, what are you actually doing? Like, why? Why is the player doing this, and why are they? Why are they committing to this whole game, and like, what? What are they getting out of the experience? Was that like a big struggle? Like the well, idea, would, but, like so, it's an absurd concept. So you say like we, we but we never put it in our marketing material intentionally, because one, it would have been very hard to pitch, like to try and communicate that this game has like a not a message, but like a an emotion it wants to evoke. Mm. Um, but also because we wanted to market the game as a at face value pro gun game. I mean, the interesting pitch I always well, the one I heard was like it's a pro gun game made by people who are anti guns. Yeah. Basically. And I thought that was like a very interesting. Yeah, that's basically how we pitch it. And you also don't hear a lot of pitches that are like personal. Yeah, like you don't pitch like you don't hear like oh I'm a like it's a snowboarding game made by ex professional like ex professional Olympian. Yeah, like that's like oh that's yeah that'd be what's well, okay yeah what are we talking about so was that always like like was that something that you guys it generally just came up in interviews like it was like. How do you get from A to B? Like, how do how do Australians oh, no. make a game called the American Dream? That's all about guns, and it would just be like we'd we'd be describing like the origins of the idea or like how we people would ask that. You know I mean? Yeah, they'd, like I'll, how why are you Australians making this? Yeah, that, that's a question we get in about every second of you, basically. Like, not they, they don't ask it like how dare you? Yeah. Like they're asking like why did you of all people choose to make this game? <coughs> you know yeah. um, and the, the answer is we spend a lot of time in the US our culture is heavily US-ified yeah and uh, the same with Canada yeah exactly and uh, we play a lot of shooters you know and it kind of all collects up in your head and you just you create this idea of what a gun is in your head and you need to separate that from the reality of it does it feel good to be able to make like a game that features guns so heavily in a creatively like interesting way oh as opposed to just making a shooter which we did yeah. before um well oh yeah I guess you did yeah we made this we made, the shooter yeah. we made before was very light though screen sheet screen sheet was incredibly light yeah yeah um yeah it felt- <laughs> actually it kind of makes sense it's like you, you like you're almost building a which is funny that they're samurai punks and not cowboy punks <laughs> like samurais don't have guns um except in samurai gun yeah Maybe that's like a meta thing, um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting that you're like maintaining the shooter. Yeah, this kind of shooter lineage. Yeah, of like us continuing to twist the genres. Um, the genre. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of subgenres within shooter. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, a big shooter fan myself. Like. But we. The question was: It like what do we have fun like? doing something a little bit more experimental with yeah because like I want to make a triple A like competitive shooter yeah like I like the genre enough I want to do it yeah but the the the, the realities of that right is, is so yeah. absurd that I can't even fathom where I get there and where I'm willing to risk it and not just be another shooter right okay yeah because because huge studios can't accomplish that yeah it's true um I guess we've always like narrowed in on we made two shooters so far and both of those shooters narrow down on something that is not achievable by AAA or wouldn't normally be achieved by AAA yeah. like no AAA studio would ever decide to make a, a competitive multiplayer game with no characters yeah right like yeah, especially, especially post Overwatch post Overwatch right like but 
If you look at it, doesn't. I didn't realize at the start that that's why they would never make it. Like, it's not because the mechanic is so innovative. The mechanic's good. It's fun. It's interesting. But like the fact that there is no level of player attachment to the characters in the game because they don't exist. Yeah, is very strange. For uh, yeah, for anybody. Yeah. Um, like who do you put on the shirt? So for that, <laughs> that this reason is like no merchandise for screen sheet. Um, and you're such a merch guy now. Yeah. Oh god. Um, but. And then the American Dream was like, discuss like it was interesting and fun to discuss the reasons, you know, to come up with screenshot you have to like think very deeply about shooters. So then American Dream is like, why did we think so deeply about shooters? Like why don't we? Why are we not exploring other spaces? You know, other genres. Oh, weird. You know, like so like your development is de- like it's like you have guns strapped to your hands and you're programming. Kind of, yeah, like. And the, well, mentally as well. I kept coming up with new arena shooter designs after Screen Sheet. You know? I, yeah. I came up with three or four different arena shooter designs. And I'm like, why are we just going around this circle of, like, this is the design space I feel constrained by? Hmm. And we still... But the constraints can be helpful. Yeah, exactly. So you kind of <laughs> want to embrace it. Kind of. Mm, I don't know if that's why we... This is all, like thoughts on a decision that was made two years ago yeah I mean you guys thought of a cool game idea and thought hey, you guys can make it and made it yeah basically and so like that's how 90% of these go yeah and then afterwards you kind of are like oh well. I guess that's why we did it yeah I guess that's why we did it yeah I mean originally it was um, it was like trips to the US and FPS games it's just a combination of the two yeah and which is interesting because it's, it's like the industry kind of loves to sell you an FPS that's and true. loves to have a convention in the states yeah so it's like kind of almost like a the industry made you do it, <laughs> right? Like kind of. If the most popular games were racing games and yeah, all the conferences were in Berlin, yeah, you'd be making a game about making, car safety. Yeah, you'd be like, well, if in in Berlin, do the pizza deliveries are they driven in Ferraris, mm-hmm. right? Like, is yeah. that the is that the yeah to be a pizza delivery game on the autobahn where everyone's driving two hundred miles an hour? <laughs> like that's kind of an alternate universe. Yeah, exactly thing um yeah well thanks for being on the question buzz again um anything else you want to plug no fuck that um you can buy some merch if you want (laughs) you can buy american dream if you want you can buy american dream if you want you can buy screen sheet screen sheet i mean samuraipunk.com is just everything for us yeah um y.com instead of dot r no it's it'd be dot com dot au oh interesting you can't get a dot au Oh, I don't know. Do you have a .ca instead yeah. of .com? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh. And there's .co.uk. No one has .dot .au. Everyone has .com.au, and which I thought was very tacky. 